I see the crystal raindrops fall, and the beauty of it all is when the sun comes shining through. We're building castles in the sky, just the two of us, Jimmy and I. It's just the two of us yeah. this week on the TOVG podcast, on, on the TOVG Lonely cast, but, <laughs> but it's going to be totally okay. We drink plenty of coffee, we have yeah. lots to talk about. It's me and Jimmy, you know who we are, yep. and, and we love you too, it's nice to see <laughs> you, but, uh, but it's just the two of us, mm-hmm. Jimmy and I. It's going to be great. It's going to be great because um, I just got away from a really interesting email exchange that is already going to set us off the bat on a uh, very weird topic. So okay. um, earlier today I was on Steam. I was mm-hmm. I just had it running in the background while I was getting some work done. And okay. some person who I don't really know sent me a message out of nowhere that said, LOL, check out these screenshots. And it had a link and the link redirected me to a download an SCR file. Oh, so man. I Googled, what is this? Uh, and it turns out SCR files are something you don't want to download. Like right, all of the first <laughs> like paid three pages of Google results. were just talking about how, how you should never download an SCR file, how it's a malicious, um, uh, virus or Trojan that could hack your computer. And I eventually I found another escapist article talking about how a lot of, uh, uh, how a lot of it's being passed around on steam lately to try to gain access to people's steam inventories for some reason. So, oh, wow. you know, I just thought that I was, um, like getting solicited by some random bot, like a, uh-huh. someone, someone spamming some advertising fueled scheme to, uh, you know, illegitimately gain access to people's computers and intrude into their lives. Yeah, of course. And so I check out the Steam account, and I'm very surprised to find out that it has 124 hours of Payday 2 on it, hmm. with about 70 of the achievements on about About 40% of the achievements on this game, the, this account apparently really liked playing a lot, asked uh-huh. me to download a malicious file out of the blue. <laughs> so I did what my gut told me to do, which is tell whoever was was trying to get me to download this this virus that I feel really bad for whoever legitimately owns the account because it wouldn't be them. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're trying to get someone to download a virus that you're spreading, then like, why would you use your main account with 124 hours of payday two on it? Right, right. So I tell them to fuck off. And uh, block them and unfriend them. A few hours later, I get an email <laughs> uh-huh. that sounds really apologetic from someone saying, I'm sorry for sending you that message. It was really stupid of me. But why would you call me a hacker for playing 120 hours of payday? And I'm like, oh, God, whoever really does own that account, like, got those messages. Oh, man. Like that sucks. There's two possibilities here. Like either either two people have access to this account. One of them just really likes Payday and um might have sent me something over the years that I might not have immediately responded to and now they think I have and that they think I think that response is so incredibly stupid that it made me go on this big tirade where I told them to fuck off and blocked and unfriended them. <laughs> or this actual person who really does like Payday 2 and plays it a lot really did try to send me a virus. And, and I'm really eager to see see the reply. I mean, both of those situations are weird. I'm guessing like, it's the first, because if he really did try to send me a virus, why would he like act all apologetic about it and get angry about me calling him a hacker? I have no clue. I mean, that might I think, be I his think it's like, the backpedaling. Former. But... So yeah, this is really awkward. 
Yeah, that is really that, that's like really weird. No, I, I, mean, I like, think I think the guy's legit. I think he really is a fan who likes Payday and did not try to send me a virus. I think his account is compromised somehow. It just sucks that the stuff I said in relation to his to the compromiser ended right. up going back to the compromisee. Yeah, <laughs> which that, totally that does makes suck. sense, but but it's, it's still awkward. Yeah, no, I, I definitely I definitely hear you. It's uh, yeah. it's one of those things where it kind of like. That that kind of situation throws into relief, like when people blow up on the internet over, you know, like it, it could be like an asinine thing, like, but, but, some, uh, I, like I, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody somebody says something dumb on Twitter, for example, and then like everybody, it, it, it's, it's not like I was getting angry about him liking something I don't like, or you know, those things that no, like feel right. Like he legitimately someone on his account maybe him or not him tried to coerce me into like compromising my computer and giving them like illegitimate access to it and downloading malicious software (laughs) I mean like what I'm saying is you sent that response with like like in your head you were like some either no one's gonna read this because he's probably sending this out to like a million people or the asshole that did this is gonna read this and he's gonna be like yeah whatever I get this all the time because I am a hacker. But like, like, like hopefully the actually actually affected get it might somebody. look at it and get bad because I was overcome with grief. What I did <laughs> was I saw the 124 hours on payday and I was like, wow, this is someone's real account. And because, um, you know, you expect this stuff to come from like fresh Steam accounts with no hours on it or from like yeah. accounts that are privatized that are acting really shady. Mm-hmm. But no, it came from someone's real account with 120 hours of payday on it. So I said, wow, 124 hours on payday, comma, I feel really bad for whatever kid whose account you stole. And yeah. now the actual kid whose account was stolen thinks I'm accusing him of being a hacker for spending all day playing payday. And <laughs> and like the response he sent me is like, like then blasting me for playing way more than that many hours on Counter-Strike and the whole idea right. was like no I know that, that it is a real account because it has a lot of hours on payday and, and yeah. like that is that 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 that's <laughs> evidence that gave him favor that that, that yeah. when I saw those hours I was overcome with grief not not um condescension yeah that's <sighs> That's, that's weird. So now I'm trying to explain to someone that his account is hacked. And that the mean stuff I was saying was... Was meant for... for the hacker, not the hacky. Right. Anyways. Some, some theoretical hacker that hopefully does exist, and it's that, not this that, kid. That just happened being... like five minutes before we started. But anyways. Oh, um, anyway. What else is, is going on? Well, um, as of the day that this is going out, which is Friday, uh, Smash 4 on the Wii U is out. Yes, and, and available to be purchased. And, and the week after that, I will be getting one myself. Sweet. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been watching and playing a little bit of it in the office because Gerard got an advanced copy and he's doing an episode on it. So, of course, that thing is never turned off because completing a game like Smash Brothers is not an easy task. My God. Uh, but it, it's been it's been really cool so far. I've like... All of the all of the like graphics and everything are very very like extremely beautiful. Like looking at the game is great. It feels great. Playing with the GameCube controllers, which we got, are, is like fantastic. Um, I watched a little bit of how the amiibos work and everything, and that was like pretty cool. Um, it was like interesting. I watched Gerard train one from like zero to like level twenty five, and at around level twenty five, it started learning his regular tactics for Samus that he was playing and it started like 
juking him on those tactics. <laughs> it's it was like okay, you often dash attack into a jumping up air. So when you dash attack, I'm gonna fast fall as I'm in the air and air dodge, and then you'll go through me, and then I'll get a setup to like attack you. And it was really cool seeing like it actually learned that that technique pretty quickly, and then it like started countering him, and he had to change how he was playing. It was really cool. So. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to have any money for the Amiibos, or, I mean, like, I want them, but I'm, it's not something that's in my my uh, budget right now, but I am definitely interested in maybe picking one up. Amiibos? Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, okay. Well, the thing that I'm, that I want to, that I want to give Nintendo the benefit of the doubt for is that <laughs> they, they released the Link one and the Link one not only hooks up to Smash Brothers but also to Hyrule Warriors and unlocks a new weapon for Link in Hyrule Warriors it, with the implication that like maybe all of the other amiibos can have some cool stuff that they unlock in other cool games like I mean you know if I want to like shoot for the moon here let's how, say how is that like different from DLC though it's, I mean, like, it's contained within the Amiibo. Like, it's, I guess it's not different from DLC, but, like, they have a cool enough feature in Smash where I already, like, am kind of interested in them. It's already cool to, like, like, I'm already drawn in by the idea of playing against a robot that can, like, make me better at competitive Smash, you know, on, on Wii U. But then the implication that they could do more things, and also, I believe the, the, uh, titled new 3ds console that's coming out <laughs> oh, has yeah. has and it has the amiibo like port on the corner so you can work with it on there which means that new 3ds games might have some amiibo stuff which means that there might be like a bunch of cool stuff for this in the future and as as it is expensive it does seem like a cool concept and i hope that they expand upon it in like a but, good but, way what, what's the advantage here if they're like Selling game content mm-hmm. that you download to your machine mm-hmm. from from some kind of drives contained inside these little plastic toys. Mm-hmm. Why not just just let people download it from the internet instead of buying the plastic toys? Um, I think there's like okay, like for example, uh, I believe that the connectivity thing is sort of what they might be going for. I'm not, okay, I'm not sure on this, but I think this is kind of the direction that Nintendo is trying to take. If you own an Amiibo that goes with, you know, Smash Brothers, and you use it with Smash Brothers, and then you use that same Amiibo in Mario Kart 8, the fact that you use it on both games unlocks a costume in Mario Kart 8 for your Mii character. It's small, but it's kind of like a a transfer between several games that's like, oh, you own both of these. You get kind of a neat little bonus, which I'm sure they could do digitally, but between 3DS and Wii U, that would be a cool thing that I don't think they can do right now. So that's why it, it kind of has to, like, exist separate of the games. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think it necessarily does, but the fact that it does already, the fact that that's what they're doing, I think that might be what they're going for, which, in my opinion, that's, like, a cool thing that's... It's, it's like I said. It's expensive. It's a little uh, frivolous, I guess, is the word. Yeah, I could but, I could see that. I don't know. It's like <laughs> I could see how how one might say it's a little frivolous. But I mean, if you have the money to like luxury game, I suppose. Um, I think they could do a lot of cool things with it. I I can see them making cool content for it in the future. Like maybe the Link Amiibo will affect Majora's Mask 3D in some way. You know, maybe. But and, um, uh, 
Yeah, we were actually talking about this on the Dex podcast that also comes out today. Uh, but we wanted to see some Amiibo stuff that's like... Or it was it was one of our, our fans sent an email and they were like, if the Amiibos worked with the new Pokemon games, it would be cool to be like, oh, you know, even though Samus is not a Pokemon character, you attach the Samus Amiibo to your Pokemon game and it gives you a, like, an item called, like, the Life Orb or something, right? Because, like, Life Orb is similar to Morph Ball and so it's, like, kind of just gives you a little bonus for having it. So, yeah, I guess then what they would have to do is just, like, make sure that they keep cranking out content for the Amiibo rather than, mm-hmm. like, necessarily the game itself, which would make it separate from DLC. Yeah. Because then it's not necessarily, like, the content that they're making so much as it is... Well, they are making content, but it's like making content for the toy as a platform. Yeah. That's weird. It is a little weird. I, I, mean, I kind of I- get it now, I think, though. Uh, I was never too sold on uh, on what was it Skylanders that Disney. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of the same concept. Right, but that I think their sell right now is it's like it's similar to how Skylanders is, but Skylanders was one game. Well, well these games this have been cross- around for a while. Like, remember the yeah. um, Animal Crossing e cards? Oh gosh, the e- the whole e reader thing was silly. Yeah, <laughs> and, and well, that kind of made sense like in the time period because that yeah. was before. Well, technically, there was an uh, internet adapter for the gamecube but it didn't work well mm-hmm. so if you like wanted to get extra content out to people well after a game's launch then you right. could distribute e-cards yeah yeah and and i guess here the it's not that i see like the necessity of of the amiibos really filling a demand so much as them just kind of like having to fabricate twists for some reason which feels right. really weird to say because isn't that like the whole idea of innovation but i I don't know. It, it seems like an entirely different um, intent when when they're not filling the demand for a needed product so much mm-hmm. as they're just trying to like sell different twists on existing ideas. The yeah. idea, you know, being maybe not necessarily downloadable content from the internet, but downloadable content from from a physical item that exists outside the internet. Yeah. And the other thing that I've been seeing, uh, like, at least a few people are interested in the Amiibos for is that they are, like, they are pretty, like, good-looking, like, pieces of plastic in real life. I, I, that that has no value to me. Yeah, yeah, Right, right. Same here. I would not collect them to be, like, collectible figures to put on a shelf. But I do know (laughs) that there are some people I follow who do, like... They're enjoying that part where they can keep them on the shelf and they look nice and whatever. So I don't know. It That's, different jokes for different yeah. folks. I will never exactly. understand the appeal of, of of toys and figurines, which which might make me like a bad a bad nerd, I guess. But like. <laughs> Seriously, that that's one of the reasons why I love the fact that digital games exist so much. Is like not just the convenience of not having to get up off my ass to go buy them, but also they don't take up space in my apartment and like cram up my shelf with with tacky looking stuff. That way, <laughs> that way I get to keep my shelf full of all these big fancy books. Yeah, <laughs> and and adult stuff like cigars. <laughs> and fancy you know, wine yeah the piles of fancy wine that are on my shelves and not the the stupid <laughs> animal figurines yeah i don't know i 
I understand. Like, I've been to someone's someone's home where they had like a respectable collection of Transformers, and even though I'm not into Transformers, did you at respect all, it though? <laughs> I, I it was it was like impressive to look you at. Say it was, it was a cool respectable. thing. Respectable. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like a respectable size. Like, oh wow, you obviously put a lot of effort into collecting all of these Transformers, and like, as much as I don't care about Transformers at all, it was still like it was a cool thing that they had, and I was like. You know, it showcased their love of the series and whatever. So if someone's into that, I'm totally not going to knock it at all. I I am definitely not into doing that with almost anything. I have like a few plushies here and there, but that's just more like to decorate my bed. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to lie. I have a few knickknacks lying around, but they mm-hmm. were all gifts. Yeah. Mo- so, most so of mine I, are that, gifts as well. That's my justification. They're all <laughs> gifts. They're there for the remembrance of the people who gifted me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, in other news, mm-hmm. uh, this is a podcast where we talk about gaming and video game culture. And mm-hmm. I made some really nasty cookies the other day. <laughs> okay. Um, I saw a blog that someone retweeted on Twitter about these, um, like the the ultimate stuffed chocolate cookie was what it was called. The ultimate like cookie. It was a cookie stuffed with a cookie stuffed with another cookie, and that oh, you boy. put it. You put an Oreo and, and like cup it inside of the rim, the lip of a Reese's peanut butter cup. Oh man! And then roll a ball of cookie dough around both of them and bake it. Yeah. And, and it looked in the pictures like a crunchy, cute, indulgent treat. So I decided <laughs> to make some, and mine don't look like the picture at all. Oh boy, that's the <laughs> and, first. Problem. And they also. Oh my god, like, I have seriously, I, I don't, I, I've had, like, two. I made, I made them last night, mm-hmm. and, and they are, like, the most god-awful thing I've ever cooked in the kitchen, and then it's, oh, like, man. it's both a hilarious failure of, of my desperation to have a cool treat around the house, uh-huh. and also, like, the extent to which living alone after college has, has made me partake in these dumb kitchen experiments like i have (laughs) a cookie stuffed with the cookie stuffed with another cookie lying on the pantry right now Uh uh-huh and i that's true (laughs) like i have a cookie stuffed with a cookie stuffed with another cookie on the pantry right now what is what is what have i come into what have you done (laughs) um i actually it's funny i did fighting for (laughs) I did, uh, I, I made something like that uh, a couple years back, uh, with my at the time girlfriend, now wife. Um, we, it wasn't quite to that extent. It was only one layer deep as opposed to two as yours was, but, uh, mm, prob- we just probably got, cause, cause I'm all alone and that we, makes it even more weirder and desperate to get stupid with the stuff <laughs> I do with my time. Sorry, Jim, okay. go on, go let, on. Let me, let me ease your, your suffering right there. I have done like weird ass cooking stuff before. I made a sub sandwich hamburger before <laughs> it was, it was like an Ooh. entire, like, like thick baguette it was like two feet long and and like half a foot wide and i just like there was like five patties in the in the fridge and i was like all right well i'll just cook all these and make them one giant sandwich it was really bad i ate it but it was bad like i was expecting it to taste okay but it really just the the cookie stuffed with cookie stuffed with cookie it just tastes like a salty mess yeah like i can feel it going down like i can feel it's it's bad influence spread as it goes through my digestive system i just (laughs) 
I, I, I tweeted about this, and someone said, tonight you will be visited <laughs> by the ghosts of Wilford Brimley, past, present, and future. They all oh, have man. diabetes. Great. <laughs> yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know why, but that whole description of that just reminded me of of a game that I can't take my mind off of for the life of me, and that is The Binding of Binding Isaac of Rebirth. Rebirth. Yeah. It's so good. It's so you, good, You dude. know, the the what, what this cookie looks like... Mm-hmm. Both before and after eating it is probably probably looks like a lot of a lot of the sprite artwork in the Binding of Isaac games. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's just pretty just, pretty raunchy. It's 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 just like a little kind of squishy wet blob with like moisture lines around it <laughs> that like has a cute face because you know it's like oh adorable little cookie treat, but no, not when when you actually look at what it's depicting. No, it's not that cute. It's, no, it's, it's actually kind of horrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I've been playing. I've been playing a lot of uh, of Isaac though. Um, I, I realized recently because I was watching a couple of my friends play because they like wanted to pick up the game, and um, I realized how far I had come since I started playing the first Binding of Isaac. Because I did play about sixty hours of the original, and in this one, I had a lot of knowledge going in, and I find myself like beating runs, like finishing the game. Like, not with ease, but I find myself, like, making educated decisions and being like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't do that yet because of this, this, and this. And, like, getting through the game properly. And it's, like, really, like, empowering to know that I'm good at the game now. And that, like, (laughs) I could still get better because I still die pretty often. But it's, like, it's cool when I'm, like, I'm not going to pick up that item because of this. But I'm going to come back after I do this. And, like, I don't know. It feels feels good, man. It's, like... (laughs) It's you're, like one you're, of those you're figuring out the routines and the strategies yeah. and, and even like all the new items add to it just because like there will be an item where I'm like don't know what the hell this does and I pick it up and I'm like cool does a weird thing gonna have to deal with this now like the first time I picked up uh, I don't remember its name it's like the Ludo something effect or the Ludo something tech or something it looks like an eyeball that that's like has some machinery around it but also blood on it. And essentially what it does is it turns your tears not into, like, shooting them out. It turns them into one tier that you control with the second stick or your buttons as, like, another character in the room. And so, like, you move Isaac around, but you move the tier around separately. And it's so damn hard to play with, but it's really powerful. And they're they're, uh, they're a weapon? Yeah. Do you have to, like, avoid enemies or do you just ram enemies with your other, other controllable... Well, it's it's not like a character. It's just a tier, but you control at the same like speed and everything. You control Isaac, and so you have to like make sure Isaac is safe and you're not like run, oh my running God. into so people. So you have to spam that thing. It's no, no. It it just like sits on. It just like floats, and you move it around with what used to be your aiming buttons or control stick, depending on what you use. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, well, if you're looking yeah. at your keyboard, you use WASD to move around Isaac, mm-hmm. and you used to use the arrow keys to shoot left, right, up, down. But now when you walk into a room, there's just a tier floating there already, and you use left, right, up, down to move that tier around, and it but, just... But I also know that, like, in, in Binding of Isaac, the bosses and the common enemies oftentimes are kind of spongy. Uh-huh. So, so you would be in, in situations where you would, like, spam tiers in, mm-hmm. in directions while, like, sweeping across a room up and down. Yeah. But if you have just one slow-moving tier that you mm-hmm. control, mm-hmm. does that mean you have to spam the thing you control against bosses and stuff? No, that's that's the thing, is it doesn't, like, disappear when it hits things. It's just, like, 
Mm. It is a persistent object, so okay. you can. It's actually the strongest that point is like when it you use it on bosses. Either really overpowering or really underpowering, depending it, on like if you shoot it in the right direction first. It's that's exactly what it is, because like in rooms where there's like a bunch of fast enemies moving around, you're just like, oh my god, just hit the dang thing already. But in like a boss room where they're just like sitting in one spot shooting at you, you literally just move just the tier the on top of around. them. Yeah. yeah, you just like leave it on top of them and then you just focus on dodging. And so it can be like really useful and really unuseful. And I like it because it doesn't necessarily make you <laughs> stronger. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, just... I like it because it doesn't necessarily like, it's not a, a like... This is a boost in your power. It's like, well, now you have to play the game differently. It could be good, but it could be bad. And I don't know. It's like a fun change. That, and there's a lot of those in the game that change the game like to where you have to alter your playstyle, and you could be like miles stronger or like just you could just suffer for the entire run because of it. It's great. I love it. That sounds cool. That yeah, sounds and, cool. And the other big change that they made that I really like is everything has synergy now. So like synergy. They don't have items that like overwrite other items now. They just like become together into one thing. Like, okay, you know Brimstone, where you shoot the laser or the big blood laser? I, I don't think I got that. Well, well, keep in mind, I'm also not like a hardcore. I mean, I might have played like four hours of it mm -hmm. way back years ago. Oh, okay. But okay. that was the last time I, I, and the last time and how much I've played of, of Isaac. Okay, well, the, the like big one that people are happy about is. There's a really powerful item called Brimstone where you charge up and then you shoot a big laser in front of you. And then there's another really powerful item called the knife where you hold the knife in front of you and you can, you know, launch it out if you need to. And they're both really strong, but in the old game, if you picked up one and then the other, they would overwrite each other. So you'd only end up with one and it wouldn't really affect them. And in yeah. this one, now if you get the knife and Brimstone, when you charge up your Brimstone, you shoot out a bunch of knives instead of a laser. And it's just like cool little polished details where they like oh instead of you know making this not work at all we made it better like if you get the brimstone and that that ludo i was talking about it becomes a circle laser that you control <laughs> that you move around and it's like there's a whole bunch of like cool things you can like find like that and it's been like a really pleasant experience doing that yeah that sounds good it's very good. I would highly recommend anybody get it. I really if, need to give Isaac a second chance. Yeah. Because um, I didn't like hate it the first time. I just felt like I didn't have enough time to obligate to it. Yeah, it definitely... The good thing about it, though, is like even a successful run only lasts an hour to an hour and a half at maximum. But you got to play for hours to learn how to do that. Yeah, yeah. That That is the downside. But it's like it's a game you can pick up and put down on a whim. And plus in... Uh, in Rebirth, you can exit runs, and they will save in that spot that you're in, and you can come back later. Does it have actual joypad support instead of telling yep. you to Google Joy2Key? <laughs> yeah, it, it does have built-in controller support. I've been using my 360 controller. That's a relief. Yeah, that definitely is. They, you can tell they had a budget <laughs> for this one. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe, though, like... <laughs> I have never seen any other game do that, where you it's, go to the option screen, yeah. you hit the gamepad button, and it says Joy2Key, Google yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's definitely <laughs> amazing how many things are in that game, the original one, that like Ed McMillan put in the game, that if it was anybody else, it would just be like, well, People this game would, sucks. People would like tear him apart for yeah. it. Yeah, it was like... Like, first of all, all the meme references that are in the game. Like, if it was anybody else, people would be like, oh, bad game. Zero out of ten. 
but like borderlands out of ten. Ed. Yeah, because it's because it's Ed because it's a guy who's like been famous on Newgrounds for like how many years now? I don't know. It, it's weird. It's a very weird game. Um. So let's see. This week I reviewed this War of Mine, and uh-huh. as always, I couldn't totally get into some details I really wanted to get into in the time of the review. But this is like another game I actually liked this year. I've, I'm noticing that this year. I like I like games this year. Oh, but neat. anyways, yeah, that's that's good. But okay, so this <laughs> war this war of mine. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if if you saw the review or how much you looked into this game or not. But it's a uh, side scrolling strategy stealth action game with the left click only interface so you point and click on the stuff you want to strategize and stealth and scroll past mm-hmm. and um there are five inch the five characters who you rotate through while you do mm-hmm. this and you have to like manage their their day-to-day schedule to survive in a shelter during a uh city being besieged and, and they have to uh, steal and kill to survive and it's horrible and I mean if you're good at it you might not have to but you still have to scavenge which is like its own morally which presents its own morally dubious um, qualities like there are uh-huh. a few comments on their review that, that really interest me where they talk about how um, you can be a quote unquote good guy and not steal and kill from people and just scavenge but the thing is like I, I don't know if pe- people realize that like like taking things that you cannot necessarily replenish and and burning up um unrenewable resources is still like I mean granted you're not stealing and killing from people but mm-hmm. but it's also not I don't know like perfectly 100% model <laughs> citizen good or what, whatever right, whatever right, right. I is, get what you're saying even if you do play this game legitimately, you still might have to like hit up spots that might not necessarily belong to any one person at one time, but maybe did, and maybe the next person in line to do that would have been Mother Teresa with her band of orphans, and you're right. like just getting there before her and stripping this place up, and and it's always uh, it's got that weird justific yeah that weird juxtaposition between um NPCs NPC merchants having having a stock of supplies that does not represent your own in this kind mm-hmm. of game in this kind of survival game. I don't think I've explained it very well at all. <clears throat> it's also a bit <laughs> of an economic simulator, uh-huh. which is which is why keeping track of how much you're scavenging around is an, an important thing to do because you might run out of the raw materials that go into producing trade goods. But okay, whatever. You're also managing five people and and they have health meters and happiness meters like in the sims and they'll get depressed and cry and won't do work if if you don't take care of them Mm -hmm. and one really interesting thing that i wanted to mention in the review but couldn't because i didn't have time was that the different characters actually have like would feel like hidden empathy perks Uh where like some of them will get really beat up and depressed if you make them do some things that other characters won't Oh wow! Like like there was one I got who um, had a character trait under her bio that said likes children. Uh-huh. So so you like don't want her to encounter children while you go out adventuring in this war torn hellish landscape, which mm-hmm. occasionally happens because there are some scenarios that throws you in where you have to like rescue babies and and help kids give medicine to their mother and stuff. Right. And there are other characters who like won't actually. Who are pi- <laughs> there are characters who are like pieces of shit who were like mm-hmm. gangsters and and sociopathic <laughs> like soldiers before 
joining your shelter who like right. won't care about killing and stealing from people Dang. and those are the ones you do want to send out on scavenging <laughs> runs and wow. everyone else can stay at home and um but anyways it's really interesting how how like there are quote-unquote subtle role-playing elements to it that end up becoming not so subtle once you see the the ramifications of your actions with them like mm-hmm. you might not notice that this game has this feature until you've like already screwed up and learned from your mistake mm-hmm. in a horrible way because you only have one save which means you can't really experiment or um rebound from failures easily mm-hmm. but that's also kind of the point um, right 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 but more anyway, of an experience than like a you should beat this more more experiential than experimental. Oh. oh yeah, I, I should have written that down for the review. But but anyways, <laughs> I didn't. I also didn't mention how um, this game does randomization in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. How it, it's a sandbox survival game, but it's not like Minecraft. Like they don't necessarily generate the world so much as they have preset maps that have populations and loot containers that um, vary with every game playthrough and Mm -hmm. and some locations will crop up at all and some won't depending on the playthrough there are more than enough for one playthrough so you kind of got to go through it twice to see not not even everything Mm. but anyways um the the people who are in the preset maps change with every game and Mm. like the changes that you'll see going from one game to another are like sometimes really really drastic oh yeah there was a marketplace i saw in the first game that um was set up in a city square around a, a memorial statue and mm-hmm. they just had like tents and and little cinder block plywood tables set up that they were trading trading goods on mm-hmm. and in another game that very same marketplace didn't have any of those tents or plywood tables and uh was completely deserted except for snipers who were sniping each other across from it because as it's a wide open area and there's mm-hmm. a war going on right anyways um that was really really neat uh it makes um for a lot of a lot of gameplay a lot of very a very improvisational sense of adventure right it sounds it sounds pretty cool and like that you can end up in the same place in several different playthroughs but have a completely different experience oh yeah yeah very very different take something away from it completely different which yeah. I, that's really cool and and some entirely new maps will show up for some games that won't at all for others like in my first game there was there was a brothel that, that <laughs> i i never i never went to and and ransacked but um uh-huh. it never showed up again and i played like at least four different games two through completion and and the other I was just the other three I was just fucking around with. Oh yeah. But yeah, it never showed up again. Oh, that's <laughs> I played weird. like twenty hours of this and, and it literally seems like one entire map that they had built for the game and, and spent so much effort on was just kind of like thrown into a dice roll whether or not it would show up at all. That's crazy. Yeah. Um it's really cool. And what what's actually surprising me though is that like it gives off the motif of of being like a super duper artsy game with a depressing message and whatnot, but like it, granted, it kind of is, but at the same time, like of of that flavor of game, it's also mm-hmm. one of the like most conventionally enjoyable of them all. Like hmm. it it does remind me a lot of of playing Minecraft for the first time, where you kind of uh, get get excited at the possibilities of how deep the crafting system goes, right, and right. also like later on when they introduced like hunger to minecraft how how you all of a sudden have an incentive to pay attention to it yeah. because you need to kind of set up a 
a pipeline of production to keep your character alive rather mm -hmm. than just surviving against monsters and stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's actually fun to play while also looking really dark, dreary, and depressing, which is a weird juxtaposition, mm. but, but I like it. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I like that. Mm. I, I'm trying, I like, I'm, I'm just like racking my brain for something that I can relate to that, some game that I've like played that has the like. I think the, the most easy comparison is Fallout. Yeah, that like, that's I was trying to like avoid that just because it seems like it seems so easy. <laughs> like yeah, like any any sort and, of like post-apocalyptic kind of, game is like oh yeah, it's right, like Fallout. Right. It's, it's disingenuous <laughs> because it's like not supposed to be post-apocalyptic, right? right? Like the the idea is that they're gonna make a provocative, shocking game about the horrors of real life, like actual realistic war, mm -hmm. but. <laughs> In practice, they've made something that kind of looks, feels more like a zombie survival game. <laughs> but it's still like, what? if it were, it would have been one of the actually most fun zombie survival games in years. Great. So on one point, I'm like, kind of sad that they didn't end up making a really provocative, shocking game about the horrors of war. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like, yay, you kind of did it anyway still. I mean, it's still fun, right? I know. Then that's what games are about, right? Uh, right? <laughs> so it's really like the weirdest thing about it, though, is seeing that happen. Yeah, that is really <laughs> like weird. them them try to be really dark and dreary about their game, but maybe accidentally make something really fun. <laughs> it's really funny, though. I'm yeah. laughing my ass off thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, hey, like I guess that if you were to weigh it out, I would call that a positive, like you know, a serendipity kind of positive. Like, they didn't achieve the art thing they wanted, but they made a great game, so... I mean. Well, on one hand, though, they I feel like they almost kind of did because it's uh, a very, like, raw and honest way of giving you a reason to scavenge ruins, barter for necessary supplies, and also mm -hmm. have really fragile characters who get hungry and sick super fast. Mm -hmm. Like, that's... The other, like, really fortunate coincidence of this whole situation and theming is that, like, trying to make it a really dark, depressing um, motif about the horrors of war also fits what you're actually doing that is fun to play. Mm -hmm. So, like, I at this point, it's like thinking about them trying it... <sighs> It's like the only thing that doesn't work is what I think is is supposed to be an an emotional um a very emotional kind of sob story effect that I don't think it has mm -hmm. but it still like works so well. Yeah. So it's it's a bit confusing. Yeah, that does I mean it doesn't sound like anything that I've experienced before in a game and uh back during the days of like Fallout 3 and and New Vegas well, well, I played a lot of games like around that era that were similar to that so but i don't know and and i hate like seeing people say that because like like i said earlier like it does play like an extremely conventional zombie survival type game mm -hmm. it's just a really good refined one right so like i would say you have played something like this war of mine yeah and and it's just like a, a iterative refinement of of concepts that are already out there it's just, uh, I guess, a bit more honest about the situations of um, of of needing and wanting to mm. to be in a survival situation. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll try it out. Seems seems pretty neat. 
I liked it. I really liked it. I recommended that the viewers check it out. And I actually hope to interview the developers um, later on at GDC if they show up or maybe even on Skype if we can arrange something earlier. But no, like it's another uh, like really, really fun quality little I, I don't are they still indie games are we still using that word like yeah i mean the the, the game awards are using that word like i i i, I figure <laughs> if it was made independently there's no problem with calling it indie it definitely yeah. has like a, a certain like connotation to it now but and and but the thing is like now there's just so much more of a support structure for mm-hmm. independent game development so much more yeah of a support structure within the industry itself and also from customers actually buying the things right that um it's not like I guess that word should should really convey maybe as much um, mm, <laughs> desperation as it might once have had. It's, oh, it's, yeah. uh, uh, that's probably not not a good word to use, but I I do see what you're saying though. It I've doesn't, played I've yeah. played a lot of like games that clearly did not cost as much to produce mm-hmm. this year as as the bigger ones that that costed clearly more to produce. Right. Like like between this war of mine and then door kickers just within two weeks of each other and then like Shovel Knight coming out earlier, which I think is my favorite game of the year. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. I mean like that that goes without saying though, I think we've already made our thoughts clear on it. <laughs> I mean that came after also like this um this war of mine came after Wasteland Two and Yeah. It, it it's been good this year, which is weird to think about games. because it technically I don't know if it's been a good year for, like, a lot of things related mm-hmm. to games, but I have played good games themselves this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, a, a, spy, a, a spite, that's not a word, despite recent uh, recent November happenings of, like, you know, Sonic Boom, AC Unity, I think there was one more that was really, was it, was it Far Cry 4? There was something that had, like, like the the more. Halo Master Chief collection has a lot of people citing bugs and issues with the multiplayer modes, like dropping uh, yeah, out of yeah, matches. That's... Oh, did you see the the Firth Place typo? <laughs> no, Firth Place. <laughs> yeah, they forgot to to have the text change to a st instead of a for first for players in first place in the Halo Master Chief collection. So so the person in first place in like they, a multiplayer match shows their screen number first one place and then next to their name. So it shows like the number one and Sorry. then like th. Yeah, first. That's, that's pretty funny. I mean, uh, to be fair, I've heard nothing but good things about the solo modes in Master Chief Collection, which I think is really what that bundle was about. That's I what I do playing it for. I think Halo multiplayer has more or less died off uh, in, in comparison to like what it used to be. But uh, I, don't I don't know if I was ever really a big fan of of any console based FPS multiplayer. Uh, that's where I started. I never played PC like FPS games because I didn't have a good enough computer for it. So I like my like my early FPS days was definitely like Halo one and two. Uh, the orange box when that came out, I played Half-Life two and Portal on there, by the way. Portal on a console is the hardest fucking thing in the world. It's very, it's, it's, it's not fun. Play it on PC. <laughs> I, it's fun. It's not as fun as, as PC because the infamous test chamber 18 in Portal, you know, the one where you have to, you like go on the stepping stones of towers that you have to like come out and then shoot on the next tower and you fall down and you go back up. Oh, and shoot the, okay. That puzzle in with console controls is 
yeah, is the I, worst. Yeah, I was about to say, because in Portal, you do a lot of flicking. Yeah. Like, like you have to make multiple portals in midair sometimes, which yeah. requires you to, like, turn your, your view angle up and down in 90 degree increments right. very, very quickly. And, and I, I wouldn't yeah. know what it's like, but I'd imagine it would be really hard if, if the analog sensitivity wasn't wasn't high enough to catch up. Right. Well, there's that. And there's also the thing with specifically that puzzle. You, when you go into a portal that's on the floor and you go out another one that's you know on another floor, you flip upside down as you come out. And since I since you're aiming into the portal, as you flip upside down, you essentially you come out and you're staring at the ceiling. And so you need to look down to shoot at the next tower, but randomly it reversed which which like up or down tilted your head the correct way based on like slight angles. So like every time you go out of a portal and that puzzle was a scramble, like where am I looking? Where am I looking? It's not working. It's not working. And you would just like fall right back into it and you would lose the puzzle and have to start again. It was very frustrating. Played it on PC. It was great. Played it on PC. Why haven't I... you played Portal? <laughs> I, I noticed we have actually gone on for like forty five minutes at this point. Yes, we have. We're uh, we're just we're the enjoying two of our us games. Are yeah, like I, I'm re I am amazed. Actually, <laughs> I thought we would be faster paced with yeah. just the two of us. We're we're but chatty no, people. As it turns out, the opposite is true. We're chatty people. Okay. Anyways, whatever. Let's let's get to this. We have news to talk about because news happened, and mm -hmm. and just the two of us are going <laughs> to briefly go over over the news. Um, one really interesting headline that I I guess happened literally hours before we started was um the this Street Fighter Two producer went on record on a Game of Future interview saying he's totally done with consoles. He's through. Wow. He's, he's he's gone. Out of it. Uh, Yoshiki Okamoto had a um, quote from a Game of Sutra interview uh, that was, I guess, originally about his new iOS game called Monster Strike, uh -huh. which was fairly popular, um, in which they started off asking about, like, the the, the timing of play sessions of, mm -hmm. of um, cell phone games and if it... Uh, correlates it all to his experience making arcade games in the past because previously he had experience working on 1942 before street fighter 2 those were his two big hits oh, okay um, see see i just want to yeah, yeah so he like started with arcades i just want to interject here that mm -hmm. uh on the notes i see formerly of capcom and then it says 1942 and then street fighter 2 i was like i believe street fighter 2 was made Maybe fifty years after nineteen forty two. I'm not. I'm not sure on <laughs> no, the years. No, no, nineteen forty two. The top the, down shooter. Right, the shmup. I, I yeah, the completely shmup. blanked on that. Remember I just that shmup? To, I love yeah. that shmup. I had the shmup. NES version. It's a good shmup. But anyways, um, they they ask him about. They ask him why he and the industry in general seems to kind of have moved away from console games, and mm -hmm. he says, "Well, his assistant actually started us off and said the names." Koki Kimura, by the way, let me mm -hmm. attribute this quote to the correct person. Right. One reason that the mobile game industry is getting bigger than the console game industry, and this is something we've talked about before just together, is that people in Japan especially don't have a lot of time on their hands, so they want to find experiences that they can play for five minutes to ten minutes. And there's been a growing need to be able to do that. And hmm. then um, Yoshiki Okamoto comes back in and says, I have totally basically cut myself out of the console realms. <laughs> Yeah, and then Game of Sutra, the the interview said the interviewer says, "So you don't expect to go back?" In which he replies, "Yeah, never." Whew. That's a Ooh, that's yeah. a bold statement. I know, and that's coming from like one of 
<laughs> like the quintessential a guy who is responsible for fighting games as we know them today like pretty much no longer yeah. has has any faith or plans to to involve himself in console gaming yeah i think that that sentiment the the japanese like culture of video games likes to play from like five to ten minutes like they don't have a lot of time on their hands i think that's probably why the 3ds is so big in japan as opposed to anywhere else in the world is just because the ability to like close it and set it in sleep mode on a whim makes it easy to play games in short bursts even if you don't finish said game you know but even then like worldwide handhelds are losing their place to cell phones right <laughs> like right. I, I think i remember reading some interesting quotes from from people visiting japan who remember seeing a lot more psps in the wild mm -hmm. than they have <laughs> in recent years because yeah. apparently that's not an uncommon sight is to get on a train or a bus and, and see people have their have their games out yeah and now everyone of course has their cell phones out right yeah that makes sense i mean i don't do a lot of a lot of uh, phone gaming. I, the farthest I've gone recently was like 2048. I played that for a little bit, but like, I don't know. I I can see why people would because it's easy to open something that's more or less a time waster, not invest yourself in it, get like a short burst of like, oh, that was that was fun, as opposed to yeah. like, you know, pop in open Pokemon and X I'm, and I'm Y. I'm kind of glad that this interview ends up like contextualizing it all around arcade games because right. that's the same concept. You yeah. pay for very short bursts of... of entertainment on them and um that's what they segue into these questions about console gaming from is how his experience with arcade games in the early days might influence how he sets up mobile games to mm -hmm. to pace and price themselves yeah um so let's see speaking of of asian video game markets i guess um ghost in the shell is going to be turned into a well not necessarily turned they're making a derivative product based on the ghost in the shell standalone universe mm -hmm. um a free-to-play team fortress 2 style fps by korean company nexon is I, i'm gonna interject real yeah. quick is yeah. this the next trend is the tf2 style I think it's it's been a trend for a while, really. Right. Oh, well, but like, wait, no, you're talking about that Blizzard um, thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Overwatch. I have like such a little interest in Blizzard. I didn't even. Yeah, people are gonna hate me for this, but I didn't put Overwatch on the docket, and that's a huge thing that happened this week. The new Blizzard IP. Right. I mean, like, <sighs> I okay. I, here's here's I'm gonna like preface uh, what we're mm -hmm. gonna talk about right now by saying I like Blizzard. I think they make like great things, but I probably won't play many blizzard games from now to the end of eternity just because okay. it seems like they can't make a game whose premise isn't like hey remember all that time and money that you liked well prepare to dump it down the drain because this game's gonna take a thousand hours and it's like no i like, I definitely, uh, I like uh, warcraft i like world of warcraft i like diablo i, I like all of them i just i guess i want to play for like 15 hours and I, then I also have to give a disclaimer that i've never really been much of a blizzard fan uh-huh like i just the whole reason why i i don't have this on the docket as big of an announcement as it was is just because of like straight up bias and personal preference like i literally haven't even thought about it i saw the trailer for it with a friend i kind of laughed at it like it it looked to me as someone who's not into blizzard games mm -hmm. kind of like a a dumping ground for canceled blizzard games because there were a lot of those <laughs> and and like they're like 
I don't know. It looks like four different iterations of of the StarCraft ghost in there, and <laughs> like the the art style of all the levels was just so wildly inconsistent with one another. Nothing looked like it belonged in the same universe. And there's something like like twelve classes. Is that too many? I don't know. Has science know. gone too far? I, I haven't played. Uh, I played. I, of course, I haven't played it. I haven't watched any of the footage on it. I I had a few friends and stuff at BlizzCon that were like Overwatch, Overwatch. We played Overwatch. It was really cool. And so like I don't know. I just wanted to bring it up just because like. With with TF2, I don't know, kind of not as popular as it was before, I'm assuming. Like, it's not something you see a lot of anymore. Like, I, it's just interesting that there's, like, you know, a TF2-esque free-to-play made by... Made by Korea that's, you know, I, Ghost no, in the this, Shell. This, this happens a lot. Like, there was a Ghost Recon one. Oh, really? Where, um, yeah, there was a Team Fortress 2-style Ghost Recon game that I think was called Ghost Recon Online. Um, th- it's this a shame sh- that it wasn't Ghost Recon Line. Ghost... I almost said Ghost Recon on the shell. Ghost <laughs> in the Shell Online is, is published by a company called Nexon. If you know what Nexon is, you probably don't have a lot of good things to think about them oh boy um they're responsible for combat arms which is like a shitty free-to-play counter-strike they're responsible for counter-strike nexon zombies that sounds terrible which is a shitty free-to-play counter-strike that actually does have the license somehow uh-huh. um and they make maple story and vindictus and okay, i mean well. you can say what you will about maple story i remember people liking vindictus when it first came out now i i haven't heard a lot of positive press about it over the years yeah these days but anyways um i i mean i i don't know if you saw this trailer but as someone who really liked ghost in the shell mm-hmm. like have you seen the movie i have not i've only it's watched so a couple good. episodes of the show as well oh. oh well well standalone complex is the show mm-hmm. there's a movie that's just called ghost in the shell and nothing else and it's so good mm-hmm. it is absolutely fantastic and and like that that's like one of the reasons why I've always thought anime works better as a movie rather than a series. But that's a whole other topic. Um, point right, is, right. Um, I, I, I'm brief. I'm vaguely familiar with the franchise, and uh-huh. by all means, like the trailer for this game looks like it should be kind of cool. But like, they're just like so many. It looks functional. It, yeah. it, you have like invisibility, d- deployable invisibility cover shields, mm-hmm. and and like I, I don't. There were like a jillion different kinds of remote controlled drones going on here. Yeah, and I'm watching it now. It looks pretty. Looks pretty neat. I, and and it looks competent. Yeah, like like it doesn't look like like a shitty free to play Ghost in the Shell until you read that it's a shitty free to play Ghost <laughs> in the Shell, and that's made by Nexon. Like that, it just like kills me that that words like that have more power than the product that they're showing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know because it, like, it's something that I think I would really be into if those words weren't there. I think this is. Uh, my only reservation here is that this looks like another this looks like another 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 FPS that's like, well, we got to do the future thing. Well, <laughs> it's got no, come on. It's Ghost in the Shell is like quintessential cyberpunk. Like, right. No, but I'm saying Call of like, Duty Advanced Warfare is a Ghost in the Shell ripoff. No, I'm not, I'm not saying this is a ripoff. I'm saying like the timing of this is I like, I just well, realized that, but that's true. But I mean, like, I'm, I'm saying the timing of this is like, well. Uh, Titanfall <laughs> did good. Advanced Warfare is doing it. Mm. Um, Halo's coming back. We might as well use Ghost in the Shell as like the premise for this because I feel like this could function by itself, but slapping the name Ghost in the Shell on it makes it more sexy. The release know? times up with a um, new Ghost in the Shell OVA series. Ah, okay. 
which is which is I think has more to do with it than than cyberpunk stuff becoming popular again. Yeah, uh-huh. Ghost in the Shell Arise is what ah. it's called. Three episodes coming out between 2013 and 2014. So there is renewed interest in the IP and also yeah, I guess renewed interest in cyberpunk IPs across pop culture in general this year for some reason, which right. I'm okay with. I just hope they don't like ruin cyberpunk the same way they ruined Steam, I, I don't know, World War 2. But we haven't like seen a big derivative slurge of steampunk first person shooters I mean, in video games I'm, yet. I'm just saying steampunk in general as a thing. Got as a thing, maybe, but I don't think the, the steampunk has come to video games yet. Like we got well, Bioshock. What else is there? Project Steam is coming out. Yeah. Have you seen anything on that? <laughs> No, I, I know of it. I know the name. I think I saw a very brief text, mostly story back like, during E3 when Nintendo was was everyone's favorite thing. Um, it's still my favorite thing. No. Um, oh, yeah, I know. But but it was. Just... Yeah, no. Project Steam looks pretty cool. But I mean, not to digress from the topic of Ghost in the Shell FPS. I, I got a, a very steampunk vibe from Valiant Hearts, mm-hmm. which I guess kind of comes with the territory of, of stylizing World War One era tech and art mm-hmm. but yeah i know steampunk no like they haven't like derivatively worn that out yet i mean like if you want to stretch you could say that fallout was was very steampunky yeah. <laughs> i don't really? know there, uh, there, i mean there's uh, literally a gun that's powered by by a train's like steam whistle or something right it's played for laughs rather than cools though right right yeah you're right i'm just saying like i guess growing up in high school being like a guy who like posted on DeviantArt and and such. <laughs> uh, I think I got the the steampunk like world completely burnt out for me. I, did I ever tell you about when I went to Anime Expo in like 2011? I don't think you have. I made I, I tried to make a dead mouse head, and then like it came out like really really <sighs> uneven and rough. And so I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna salvage this. And so I like did this amazing like i was really proud of myself i did this paint job that made it looked like look like rusted metal and everything and i was just like literally walking around with like a minecraft shirt and a dead mouse head so i was like oh, i'm dead mouse and so many people were like oh yeah steampunk real cool and i was like it's not it's just it's just metal there's just metal there's no steam there's nothing steam powered about this it's just a metal mouse head there's nothing steampunk and like i walked by this booth that was literally like a steampunk fan website and this oh, guy no. with like a big brown trench coat and goggles on walked up and he's like hey man cool steampunk and i was like god damn it steampunk dead mouse cosplay <laughs> oh my god that's like a trifecta of words yeah that would make absolutely no sense 15 years ago yeah it, it was it was pretty uh it, it was a thing so i guess that's why that's kind of why i feel that steampunk has already been played out but I guess not in the video game world. In, like, the art world, definitely, but not in the video game world, I suppose. Cyberpunk might get there. It might get really played played out if, like, the big FPS yearly franchises try to play it out like they have previous themes. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, Speaking of ghosts, though, or rather, ghosts in the ghosts machine. in the... <laughs> shells I, I tried to do a ghost in the machine means glitch means goat simulator but i mean i, I, I i'm i'm trying to think of words that begin with s that are related to computers but i can't get my mind off shell anyways which is uh, like about, the about, pun of ghost in the shell in I the first know, place i don't know if this brand is still around goat goat in the dell goat in in the dell the dell de- computer the de- 
Oh, ah, yeah. dude, you gotta tell. Okay, so Ghost Simulator is relevant again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know, which is like, <laughs> boom. Yeah. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Mm. All right. Mm. Ghost Simulator. <laughs> Did I just say Ghost Goat Simulator? I would play Ghost Simulator. Ghost Ghost Simulator sounds fun, actually. Yeah, it, we, we should play Ghost Tricks sometime. Anyways, mm. um, Ghost Simulator... <laughs> Uh, released a goat MMO simulator themed patch yeah. today, which is Thursday, but it'll be yesterday for Friday people listening. Uh-huh. Um, where where it's themed off of a like medieval fantasy RPG. You apparently have like quests and combat now. I guess what you do is you like flop your goat into things. <laughs> I don't know. I actually reinstalled it to check it out. I'm gonna play it as soon as we get off um, the podcast. Right, but. There's there's classes. You, you, your goat can be a warrior, a magician, a rouge, a hunter, or even a microwave. Wait, wait. Is it really say rouge? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's rouge is, so, is one of the classes. That's, so that's what funny. I'm going to pick. I'm going to be a rouge. <laughs> I, I, okay, I guess it... I guess it shows my sense of humor that the class microwave is like kind of funny to me, but it's the fact less that funny a, than rouge, than rouge, not rogue. Because microwave is just like an LOL so random thing, but rouge. Ah, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm having a lot of fun over here. Yeah, it's rouge is so like, funny. You have to look at the word to get the joke. Yeah, I didn't even. I realized in the notes you italicized it, and I was like, "What?" It's just why says why rogue. did he italicize rouge? I just thought it said rogue because I had that problem. I, I thought rogue was spelled R O U G E when I was a kid, and that's how I always spelled it. I know it's spelled R O G U E. We all did. It's I a know. joke everyone can relate to, but you still have to like pay attention to it a bit. It's perfect. It's it's good. I think what you mean to say is only '90s kids will understand this. Uh, any any kid who know, had to learn how to spell rogue will get this joke. Yeah, and that's that's why I love it so much. Yeah, it's good. I, I'm, that's why I'm going to be a rouge goat. Rouge goat. <laughs> but anyways, um, hilariously though, it's not an actual MMO. You don't log on to a persistent server and play the game with other people. Uh-huh. It is an MMO simulator. Oh, which makes a lot of headlines that released the day of the trailer really really funny. That's. Very interesting. I think I didn't even Poly- Polygon that. actually, they might have to revise their headline because on the day of the trailer, mm-hmm. they released a news post about it that said, Goat Simulator to turn into MMO game after patch. Yeah, that's, uh, that's no, what I read. It's, it's turning into an MMO simulator. Right, so you're playing a game that is simulating the experience of an uh-huh. MMO, but it's yeah. just like with like just multiplayer they with your friends. They have a chat box that updates with a pre scripted. Like chat, great. Like they have pre-scripted a, a, a little. Like I want to call it a play, a drama, mm-hmm. a a performance of some sort uh-huh. that just like happens in the chat box as you play to simulate you being on with other people. I don't know if it is. It's like, like proceduralized it's like a- to some degree. I'm about to play Goat Simulator to find out. Dear God, I have reinstalled Goat Simulator and I'm actually really excited. I have laughed at Goat Simulator. What is happening? It's it's what, what uh, is this? it's like the the idle conversations you can find in Oblivion. Where you're just walking around a town and like a guard will walk up to an Argonian and the Argonian will be like, the prey approaches. And he'll be like, I saw a mud crab today. And the Argonian will be like, goodbye. And then they just part ways. That's my favorite part of Oblivion. Maybe. I'm, I'm just interested to see, though, like if if this is an entirely scripted chat box that just kind of scrolls along as you play to simulate you playing with other people chatting right. in the chat box. Right. What? 
what kind of times are we living in? Anyways, um, I'm just interested to see if like some kind of really interesting drama plays out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not, maybe they're just kind of entirely generating the lines of text from some kind of kind of algorithm. But if not, what I, I'm actually looking forward to playing this. Yeah, it's That's it looks weird, interesting, and I'm I, I'm totally I don't even. I just want it. <laughs> I just want to simulate an MMO and, and flop a goat into things and have contextual reasons why and, and giggle and then uninstall it two hours later like I did last time. And right. I'm okay with that. I expect, uh, like I expect some, game. I expect an update next week. <laughs> what is it going to be like a first person shooter simulator? Mm-hmm. Are they going to simulate? I'm just thinking of like other genres, like the whole joke. And, and they really get into this in the trailer is, um, the, the whole joke is is like kind of playing on how easily fans expect developers to make MMO games. Right. Like the trailer is hilarious. I laughed <clears throat> my ass off at this trailer. The mm-hmm. marketing behind Goat Simulator is freaking genius. Yeah. But but in the trailer, they load up like what what looks like a I don't know Unreal Engine map editor, mm-hmm. and and they literally click File, <laughs> Create Patch, and they choose MMO out of drop out of a oh, drop down list. So they good. set server queue wait time to medium, uncheck the storyline box, and hit the generate patch button. Perfect. <laughs> a loading bar appears, and then once it finishes, a narrator goes through the features of the new patch. Fantastic. That's so good. <laughs> I know, I know. It's really it's great. so good. It's so good. <laughs> People are gonna like hate us, us like like talking so much good stuff about Goat Simulator because it's like you know it's so popular to hate on. I mean, right. I guess we might as well like go home and cash our sweet Goat Simulator shilling checks. But I, I wish. I, Can we get that? I'd like that. I I, I don't know. Like I just want to say like I, I'm finding it hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty I, great. I, I th- they, they do a good, damn good job at PR. I mean, they've like, sold a lot of of a very cheap game just because of good PR alone. Yeah, seriously, just like self aware advertising. I I love it. I'm I'm all about that. It's great. <laughs> they're 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 embracing the stupid. Yeah, and and yeah, you can't really blame them for that. People are no. just blaming them because Markiplier and PewDiePie PewDiePie PewDiePie, PewDiePie. Play, played it. No, <laughs> that's that's the only reason people hate it. If well, it sold well, it, zero it's also, copies, like, to be care. fair, it was kind of geared to get played by them. Oh, yeah. No, totally. But, like, if they had not picked it up, people would just be like, oh, yeah, Goat Simulator, that thing was funny. Like, but because Goat it was... Goat Simulator yeah. is, is a parody and a commentary on many things. Yeah. Not just Let's Players or just simulators. And now, uh-huh. now it's a parody on, like, game development itself. It's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. 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 You know what, actually, before we before we move any further, yes, uh, yes. anybody wants to try out another definitely under the radar uh, like commentary on the game development. <laughs> Have you ever played DLC Quest? Oh my gosh, I know of it. I've it's, I've not played it itself though. It's a it's a pretty pretty amusing two hour game. I think it's I think it like <laughs> two costs like hours long. It costs like two bucks or something. But oh, that's hilarious. It's, it's like. To, to, to give it like a premise like when oh you start God. the game you can't do anything except for move left and right this and is then, awful sorry sorry i was just gonna go on another segue uh, go on go on go on it, it's just like i the quick synopsis of like how you start the game is you can only move left and right and you get to a guy and he's like oh hey there 
Uh, would you like to do you like to jump because I know you can't get over this rock unless you jump uh, you can buy the jump function right here if you collect enough coins and it's like uh, and you have to like slowly walk and collect these coins and give them to him so you can jump over the rock but then you can't like do another thing immediately after that rock so you have to come back and buy like another like mechanic for you to keep going it's really funny I, I, I really enjoyed playing it I played it in one sitting I laughed a lot it's a good, so, it's a good so game like this is horrible. It's just the two of us. We're mm-hmm. trying to do this fast, and mm-hmm. we're absolutely not, because I want to give a shout-out to a little Unity game made for 70 FPS uh-huh. called Game of the Year 420 Blaze It. Oh, I haven't oh, I heard so a lot good. about that. I haven't oh, seen it yet. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so so I'm sure you've seen those those YouTube videos that kind of, like, parody, like, um, high-level skill call of duty gameplay I, where where they'll like slow the screen around and and blare the screen up with some horrible bloom and lens flare and mm-hmm. like stop the game and play dubstep and and mm-hmm. like have gifs of snoop dogg dancing on the screen with <laughs> money and weed flying around there you've seen those videos right of course of course someone made a game based off of those that that plays like one of those videos as you're playing it it's i'm like, sold a super, super cheap Unity FPS made with prefabricated assets mm-hmm. that um <laughs> slows the game down into slow motion and blares dubstep and lens flare and and like gifs of, of Tyrone screaming next to his computer when you like click the mouse button. <laughs> Perfect. I, I I definitely okay, I saw the trailer going around and I didn't watch it. I'm going to watch it after this for sure. If you've ever like joked about mountain dew being health packs and doritos being <laughs> like filling up your your mini health packs right. this is it this is that game it's someone went and did it someone good. actually went and did it i'm glad i'm glad that it exists it is brilliant it is brilliant i'll definitely check that out afterwards for sure i was i was the most surprising thing about it is that it's like a really big download it's like 500 megabytes and it takes like 15 minutes to play mm-hmm. but i <laughs> <laughs> you know how GIFs have really big file sizes? Yes. <laughs> That's why. Wonderful. It's like 600 megabytes of GIFs and really loud, like, poorly compressed dubstep. Don't play it with headphones. Fantastic. Oh, my God. Okay. <clears throat> Actual news, though. In in things that, that may be funny later, but aren't necessarily right now, but, but in... Speaking of Mountain Dew and Doritos, mm-hmm. Jeff Keighley is doing his own award show now. Okay. Because um, apparently he wanted to, I, I, I don't know, there might be some kind of sponsorship that I'm not aware of connected to game trailers or Spike TV, but I believe they've actually had some falling out this year. But anyways, Jeff Keighley has pulled a lot of money out of his own pocket to put on an award show that I guess is continuing continuing on in the same tradition as, as the Spike VGA awards, but actually, this like they're trying, they're trying to class it up. <laughs> hope, it's, I um, hope they do. I know, and they might not, they might not. We'll see, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see how this comes out because, like, they're also having a really big fancy live event at like at the Axis Theater, which is apparently connected to the Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas. Okay, I, I, I don't know. Like, how much money did Jeff Keighley make as a host of game trailers? He also had a book. Does that like he can't do? He couldn't have possibly done this all out of his own pocket. I have no clue. I don't. I, I don't. I yeah. To be fair, I don't know what kind of what kind of uh, financial situation it looks like. But whatever. The Jeff Keighley Awards have uh, nominees that have been announced um, today, <clears throat> and I was scrolling through them. <clears throat> They're not like too offensive as far as I could see up until I got to one category called 
best remaster award, mm. <laughs> which is funny. Kind of silly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, like <laughs> what other year is there even going to be a category for that? Like, I, like, I mean, like, I what feel... are they going to choose for that next year? It's all going to be Nintendo games. Yeah, I mean, like, Nintendo's definitely going to have a big hand oh. in that. Like, yeah, yeah kind of a roast, kind of just like that's actually how they do business. But whatever. <laughs> I like how how you're just like yeah. I mean, yeah. like the thing is, as far as remasters and especially Nintendo goes, like I wouldn't give a damn if like if like microsoft was like oh yeah fusion frenzy remastered because like <laughs> who give, who gives a shit right but like mm-hmm. i would like to see kids who never got to play like pokemon ruby and sapphire i'd like to that them to be able to like experience that but at the same quality as their modern you know games and stuff so i guess that's just you know me being a biased nintendo guy but like well, well it, it just means that Next year's Jeff Keighley Awards is going to be highly favorited to uh, Nintendo for the best remaster category. Right, probably. I mean, that's just a because likely thing. Because that's when Majora's Mask is going to come out for 3DS. Oh, oh, of course. Okay, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, definitely then. Majora's Anyways, Mask is like um, already nominated th- for that. I, I cracked <laughs> up when I saw that because this year is like the year of the remaster, specifically because this year is the first year after a new console generation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a uh, if it's a scalable awards category for a a long-lasting, sustainable awards event mm. annually. You know, this is this is a brave new year for the Jeff Keighley Awards. This is the first time the Jeff Keighley Awards are coming out. I don't know if they're planning on doing this again next year, but I, I'm really eager to see if this best remaster category would still be a thing then. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some interesting fan choice categories, one of which is uh, called the, the Trending Gamer Award. Mm-hmm. Which is like a weird nomenclature to use it, but it's basically best media personality of the year award because the nominees are all of Jeff Cayley's competition. It's mm. uh, when I, w- I checked one time, Jeff Gersman was was in first place. I checked it, this website again about a couple hours later. Total Biscuit was in the first place. So uh, so people are are tweeting like mad to have whoever they want to win the, the Jeff Keighley award fan choice for trending gamer of the year that's trending really weird ga- what a weird way it, to, to put it yeah definitely very very interesting way to put that yeah there's one category that i actually love <laughs> that i think is both funny and also kind of legit is best fan creation <laughs> oh really yeah, this is also a fan choice. People vote on this one. And the first one in first place right now is Twitch Plays Pokemon. That's gr- I mean, okay. I, I'm sure a lot of listeners are like, ugh, Twitch Plays Pokemon. But I, I actually... <laughs> I uh, Goat Simulator. I mean, like, people are only got mad at Twitch Plays Pokemon because they did such a simple idea that it, works it, it, so it was hilarious. Well, and everyone else was like, I could have done that. But it was you only did frustrating it. when it happened because yeah. like people were beating it to death then, but we're gonna look back on it in the future and be like, that was that was that was hilarious. I I, I think it was not only hilarious, it was a great <laughs> and it, it was a great like social experiment and it did what it did its job. Like even if I wasn't interested in like the later gens of it, I watched the first <laughs> one and I watched the X and Y one. They're both great. <laughs> Definitely deserving it, it, of a it's nomination. It's also like such a a pure microcosmatic emblem of our times. Yeah, seriously, it is very much a symbol of of 2014. Right, like, and that's why it'll be so hilarious in the futures. Is because it'll be like 
I, I don't know, looking back on on like scrunchies and slap bracelets <laughs> and thinking those were hilarious. Or or Max Headroom. Yeah, the uh Twitch Plays Pokemon is the snap bracelet of twenty fourteen. <laughs> what a funny, silly way to put that, but okay. It, it, I could see best fan creation not only lasting as as an award in the 2015 Jeff Keighley Game Awards show, Mm -hmm. but just being a whole award show itself. You know what could possibly receive a nomination in that is the uh, Mother 4 fan game. Oh yeah, that's act- that actually is looking really good. It's it's making me want to play the original like Mother <laughs> One through Three just so I can play the fourth one and not be like lost. Or or weird awesome fan games in general, right. like 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 Game of the Year four twenty Blazed or <laughs> Charles Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden, like an award show for stupid shit like that. That'd be great. Could be like a great way to to spread the love because I love stupid shit like that. I do too. I get I get giddy thinking about the Jeff Keighley Award having to take seconds out of its show to to give tribute to stupid shit like Twitch plays Pokemon. Yep. Like like number two is the Luigi Death Stare. Like oh, just man. really ambiguous abstract cultural memes Ooh, are, are the nominees uh, of this award. That's I wouldn't call the Luigi Death Stare a fan creation, but alright. But yeah, and the, I, I know that's why it's great. It's so nebulous. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> Anyways, anyway, um, I think I think we should wrap it up because the just the two of us Tavguka, Tavcast, the Tav the the Tuvcast. Uh-huh. There we go. That's uh, what I was go. looking for. Okay, I see what you did there. It's it it has run over. Yeah. It, even even still, even downsizing and streamlining the production process into a more with more synergy and and focus has uh has has bloated the production pipeline. Yep. Yep, it has. Which means we'll see you guys next week. And have a good and, week, everybody. And don't forget yeah. to rate us five stars on iTunes if you listen to iTunes. Rate us five stars on iTunes because we love it. And also keep the Q&A thread going. Mm-hmm. We will be getting to it next week. We're also going to have multiple voices on next week. Which maybe... <laughs> which uh, it'll be nice to get back on track on that. But maybe that also means I might be able to keep us on track. Because I'm, I, I guess what happened here is that the both of us are now free to just like let it all hang out. Right, and, and right. talk about what we want to talk about about without having to be shepherded along by others we don't need to leave room for anybody else to like you know sheepishly like add their opinion in so now we're just going going all out nobody's gonna stop our stride <laughs> we're not gonna get oppressed by by any of the man trying to tell us who or what we can talk about we are the two bg podcast we got two, this the two bg the two yeah <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> this was actually a lot of fun. Where'd you get the B from? I don't know, because it sounds like V. It rhymes. They're they're almost the same consonant and syllables and have V, B. You've join, never made that mistake before. Go join the forums, rate us five stars on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. On the TOVG. On the 2 BG podcast. Bye. Woo.